We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. This is the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Here's your host, John Helton. Hey everybody, it's John Halpin. Welcome to the Tuesday, October 24th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Week seven's in the books. That probably means you are more than halfway to your fantasy playoffs in most leagues. And Jake Latarski is here with me today, like every Tuesday, to go over some free agents waiver wire stuff that we can take a look at. Uh, Jake, would you, would you any actionable intelligence from the Monday night game? That Monday night game was uh, very interesting. A lot of points scored, of course. Uh, we know that Carson Wentz and, and Kirk Cousins are both QB1s almost in, in the fantasy world. Uh, what else do we know? Mantrell Pryor didn't get a whole lot of love. Uh, he was on the bench for the majority of the first half of that game, came in later when they really needed to open up the passing game. But starting you tip the train or a little bit uh, over to Josh Doxson. I don't, I don't know about that. So uh, I guess we'll see here. Terrell Pryor looking like an afterthought. And then the backfield continues to be a mess for Washington. Uh, of course, they're behind, so not a whole lot to go by. But P. Ryan, you know, not not a factor at all. No touches here. And Chris Thompson left with a little bit of a toe injury, but was doing, you know, his regular stuff, caught a passing touchdown and was being productive as well. But, yeah, the big story, Carson Wentz spreading the ball around. Ertz, Hollins, Aguilar, and Corey Clement, former Wisconsin Badger, all catching touchdowns. So it was uh, it was a pretty good Monday night game, and I think we're going to see a lot of more a lot more games like this from these two teams to come. Yep. Welcome back, Jordan Reed, by the way, to Fantasy Relevance. That was nice. 
Um, yeah, absolutely. People targets. are trying to trade him for nothing in, in some of my leagues or barely nothing, you know, like auction money for next year. I've seen offers for. So it's good to see him back Un- until he gets hurt. Cousins will throw to him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and the, the other is funny. I, I have this one league that I'm that I'm doing OK in. But my my weekly QB, I drafted two QBs and, it, and it's Cousins and Wentz. So mm. embarrassment of riches there. And every week I'm going, oh, my God, what do I do? <laughs> It's hard. Yeah. It's really yeah. hard. I, I do have to make I have to make a Cousins Mariota decision every week and I have to make a, a Wentz Mariota decision every week. And, and man, did I make the wrong call on the Wentz Mariota decision this oh, week? That's too bad. All right. Um, everybody, check us out on Twitter. Uh, Jake's at Jake Ski 52. I'm at Jay Halpin 37. You can also tweet us at Rotowire and get the news feed at Rotowire NFL and uh, on Facebook. I know Jake's up tonight with uh, more of this free agent waiver conversation. Um, mm-hmm. What time? 530 Eastern? Yep. 530 Eastern, 430 Central. We'll do a live Q&A on the Rotowire Facebook page. Real easy. Nobody else's name. Rotowire. Type it in. Like the page. And uh, You'll be there when I get when I get going. It usually pops up to the top of the feed, at least for for a lot of people. So hopefully if uh, we don't cover your questions here, I can get to them later. Or if any ridiculous wild news happens, uh, we can update you then. All right. Um, buys. We've got six buys this week, folks. So your uh, waiver activity is going to be probably more important this week than others. Uh, Cardinals, Packers, Jags, Rams, Giants, Titans looks off the top of my head to be a uh, a big running back week. No Fournette, no Gurley, no DeMarco Murray or Derrick Henry, and no Adrian Peterson if you're still into that. And Aaron Jones, who probably mm-hmm. was better than all of them, except for maybe Gurley this week. Yeah, so. yeah. Aaron Jones was up there. I mean, it was it was pretty much Zeke, Gurley, and and then Jones probably snuck his way in after there. I mean, I, TJ Yeldon had a big run there for the Jags, but again, don't count on that. And again, uh, you, we, we mentioned Derek and I talked about this yesterday. Don't go chasing those Jags running backs after this week. They're off in week eight. Fournette should be back in week nine. Your Chris mm-hmm. Ivory and TJ Yeldon shares won't be worth anything if all goes exactly. well with Fournette. They're like a bullet point on our running back section sneak preview. But again, the main point is you're right, John. Do not go chasing. All right. Um, let's see. Quarterbacks. Um, Carson Palmer, broken arm. See ya. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake Cutler, if you still have him. I mean, they're looking at what, two to three weeks with him for his rib injury? Yeah. And I mean, Jake Cutler was kind of on the fringe anyway, whether you were rostering him or not. He had came out a healthy Jake Cutler had came out in our drop candidates before, I'm sure. And I you can probably drop him because he's going to miss a couple weeks. And, and I, I would just try to upgrade it if you could, unless it's a two quarterback league and maybe you can hang on to him. But I mean, he, it's just he hasn't been all that great lately. And of course, the Devonte Parker injury isn't helping one of his favorite early season targets of course jarvis landry becomes a go-to dfs guy but none of that has to do with jay cutler uh, who can you can probably send packing all right um one guy i want to talk about dropping i mean it this depends on the depth of your league and it depends on if you are the type of person who likes to keep around a backup and you mentioned this guy's name earlier marcus mariota and i know he missed a week i mean i'm, mm-hmm. I'm looking at him at quarterback and you know he, his his ranking is not so good Right. He's Mm -hmm. but he missed a game. Is he higher or lower than Matt Ryan? He is. He's close to Matt Ryan and he missed that (laughs) one game. So, yeah, Matt Ryan's barely top 25. So, I mean, that tells you all you need to know with Mariota's injury, too. I mean, we we don't know how long it will take before his his mobility is back to normal. Yes. Are are you I mean, he's not a must hold. Is he or is he to you? Yeah. I mean, in my 12 teamers, to me, he's still a must hold. I'm not really giving any consideration to dropping him. I mentioned 
earlier kind of in the intro how I started. I made the grave mistake, uh, actually weak losing mistake of starting Mariota over Wentz this week. And my reasoning behind that is sure his mobility might be gone. But guess what? The Browns took two starting quarterbacks, Peppers and McCordy. They were both inactive. So you're going up against a, a bad, bad team already was missing both their starting quarterbacks. I was sitting there um, trying to grill out at Lambeau Field looking on my phone thinking, man, this Mariota seems like a good idea. And of course, you know, you hear the narrator in the background. It was not. And uh, and if it's a 12 team league, I'm still holding out hope because, you know, I think he can still develop a little bit as a pocket passer. He'll get Corey Davis back another solid weapon. He's always going to have a good running game behind him. If you're in an eight team team or if you're in your four team family league, then maybe you could drop him. But I'm still hanging on to him in my 12ers. All right. Um, Other guys to talk about. Uh, Matt Moore takes over for Cutler. Matt Moore's next three game, next few games. He's at Baltimore this Thursday. He's home for the Raiders. Then he's at the Panthers. And then he's mm-hmm. home for the Bucks. Uh, how much interest in Matt Moore? Even in a two QB league. I mean, look, it, in a two QB league with buys, anybody, but literally almost anybody can play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would put, you know, we've got a lot of names in in the two QB consideration this week. Of course, Stanton's name comes up because of the Palmer injury. Cody Kessler's name comes up if you want to trust any kind of terrible Browns quarterback uh, after Deshaun Car- Kaiser played another very poor game. And then C.J. Beathard even had an OK fantasy day. But out of all those names that we mentioned, I guess Moore sneaks to the top. Um, I know he does have a short turnaround and he goes against Baltimore, who is uh, actually got the fourth best defense around um, the fourth best defense defense in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks so it's a tough matchup on a short turnaround but at least with more you have a little bit of a sample size last year he played in four games you know it was completed 63 percent of his passes 721 yards and eight touchdowns so you're getting about i don't know buck 80 buck 90 and two touchdowns maybe one interception per game that's a decent enough floor and it, it it's i'm more confident in that than what someone like Stanton Kessler, maybe even Bethard. I guess Bethard, I think I would rank number two in that type of list for two quarterback consideration here. But some some more gets a little bit more love. He's got a reliable target in Jarvis Landry. You know, they're going to re- depend on the running game heavily with Ajayi. And, and maybe Devontae Parker will finally be back. That could help him. I don't know how, if it'll help him as much as it would Jay. But either way, I think uh, when it comes to these fringe two quarterback guys that really kind of make you cringe a little bit, um, more would be the best of the bad. If you can put it that way, the best, the best of the bad. What did what did John Stewart used to call it? The skinny, the skinniest kid at fat camp. I think was what he used to say. Oh, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's that. And that's mean. Sorry, anybody. Um, but I was just quoting someone. Anyway, all right. Uh, C.J. Beathard. Yeah, um, five. He ran five times for thirty yards and a touchdown, which saved his fantasy day. Mm-hmm. Um, other guys I want to talk about here: Josh McCown, not bad, and plays home against the Falcons, who are not. And uh, not a an immovable object on defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're a defense that's definitely better than they were last year, but by no means excellent. They sit kind of right in the middle of the pack, maybe slightly towards the bottom half here in terms of fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So not a matchup you run away from by any means. All right. Um, Case Keenum has the Browns in London, and we don't know what their injury status is in that defensive backfield that we talked about. Even though that didn't go well for Mariota, it doesn't mean it's a bad, as you said, it doesn't mean it's a bad play. It's it's good process, bad result, basically. So can you mm-hmm. go back to the well on, on a guy like Case Keenum against the Browns? Yeah, I think you very much could, and he could be the top uh, one of the top streaming options this week. And I don't know if Stephon Diggs will be healthy enough to make that trip overseas after missing the last two games here. But uh, if, he, if they get him back, and if Keenum's working with his full array of weapons, 
then I would probably pick him as my top stream option and definitely over some of those duds that I mentioned earlier. All right. And the last two, um, the ownership level's higher. Andy Dalton is home for the Colts. Tyrod home for the Raiders, both in the 50s. So um, not extremely widely available, but possibly. So you want to, when you check your waiver wire, I think you, Dalton or Tyrod, if you had to pick. Well, Dalton goes against the Colts and they're fourth highest uh, in terms of fantasy points allowed to opposing quarterbacks. So something that you'd want to look at, but my gut would tell me to go Tyrod Taylor. I like the rushing that the, it just brings his floor up. You know, you mentioned Beathard getting 30 in a touchdown. Taylor has just as good a chance to do that, if not better. And, you know, now that he's got Jordan Matthews working his way back, uh, I don't know about Charles Clay quite yet, but, you know, the, the weapons are coming back. The running game's strong. His running possibility is good. And my gut says Taylor. Okay. So um, if Dalton and Tyrod are out of the picture because of ownership level, you are going, you're going Keenum then more. Is that it? Yep. Yeah, I would say so. And I think you can maybe make a case for McCown in there, too. He's okay. definitely exceeded expectations. He sure has. Um, running backs, uh, drop candidates. Rob Kelly didn't do much last night. He was back last night, didn't get a ton of work. Um, they were losing, which didn't help. Um, Chris Thompson, minor injury, we think, but we're not sure. Yeah, right now. it seems pretty minor. We don't we don't know yet, but there was there was a toe injury in that. And if there's any type of toe ailment, of course, of course, we know where his strengths come from. Um, and you know, he I think he came back in the game, I believe, but uh, you know, to play on some of those last couple of drives. But you know, just a situation worth monitoring. I I, I don't run to drop Rob Kelly yet because a lot of that game flow meant that the Washington Redskins had to throw a lot in the second half. All right. Um, Derek and I talked about this one guy yesterday, Adrian Peterson. Now, you're not mm-hmm. dropping Adrian Peterson right now, most likely, um, unless you're in a shallow league, because, you know, we, we didn't want to overreact after the first good week. We don't want to overreact after this bad week. But mm-hmm. if you own Adrian Peterson, you are running into you are running into some trouble soon because he, they're going at 49ers, which is not a pushover. Home for the Seahawks at the Texans, home for the Jags, home for the Rams. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then right around that time you mentioned is about that Thanksgiving time where David Johnson could possibly be back. So. Right. And if they're go- if Stanton's playing and we think things are going to go south for the Cardinals and they're throwing a lot, bad for Peterson. Mm-hmm. So Very much so. We're holding so, uh, now, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I guess you have to hold. Um, if you can get something for him in a trade. Yeah. If someone gets excited about, you know, and and is not really looking that far ahead, maybe a little short sighted and you can take advantage of that, then I'd probably go for it because I have a tough time starting him for the next group of people, except, you know, after the buy, the 49ers matchup is good. We all saw what Zeke did to that, but then it starts to get really, really tough. And then David Johnson's back and who knows what happens then. So um, trade if you can. All right. The other one, uh, you mentioned Elijah McGuire. I think now that Forte's back and Powell's back, the Elijah McGuire thing, you know, th- the mm-hmm. third man in a three-man backfield, I don't think. He, he looked promising a couple of weeks ago. Right now, not so much. Yeah. He, he, when given an opportunity, he's okay. And, you know, Matt Forte has been a little bit injury prone these last couple of years. If something were to shake the backfield up, then you could pick him back up at a pretty low price, I'm sure. But for now, he doesn't need to be rostered. All right. Um, we are recording this, by the way, a little bit after 11 o'clock. Uh, Eastern time on Tuesday. And I'm saying that because I just am looking up to see if anything has happened on the Marshawn Lynch front today. Supposedly his appeal is going to be heard today. Um, If Marshawn Lynch's suspension holds up for this week, they play at Buffalo. Do you want DeAndre Washington or Jalen Richard? 
you know, they split carries in that Thursday night game after uh, Marshawn Lynch was out, if I have that correctly. And um, it's Jalen Richard has been getting more work to this point in the season. And the ownership reflects that a little bit. He's 11 percent. DeAndre Washington is just 3 percent. And uh, DeAndre Washington and Jay, well, Richard gets more of the targets in general, four for 45 last week. But, you know, Washington also got four targets, but he just had three. I think. And Washington got the touchdown, so Washington is their goal line guy. I think if it's a, it's this might be one of those standard PPR flips for me because DeAndre Washington, the fact that <clears throat> excuse me, the fact that he would be getting uh, the goal line carries would give him the edge in standard leagues. But Richard is a more effective pass catcher, and that means there's probably a better chance of him getting you know a six to eight, maybe even ten point floor in a PPR format. So for me, it uh, yeah, it, it would depend on that. And their upcoming schedule, of course, at Buffalo, at Miami, and then a bye. There's not a ton of long term love for either of these guys. Yeah. So so this week you want to get excited about picking up someone for Lynch, and they're both widely available. And what you have is a split backfield going to Buffalo, which is not an easy one. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. you, you might have to be in bye week hell to really want to start one of these guys. Um, we talked about the Jags backfield earlier. We're not chasing there. Deion Lewis, uh, you know, the, the funny, the snaps were pretty spread out. Lewis and Gillisley were pretty close in snaps. Um, Lewis had more carries and was effective for the second week in a row. Uh, mm-hmm. And he's 30% owned in Yahoo Leagues. All right, see, Lewis and James White were very close in snaps. Lewis had 26, White had 23. Gillisley on the field for just 13 snaps oh, against the Falcons. Okay. So, and then Burkhead had 13 snaps. So, I mean, if you had Burkhead on your team, you probably dropped him a long time ago. I don't know why. Blasphemer. Yeah. I didn't exactly. drop Burkhead. Well, I had Burkhead in a 20 man roster league. So, okay. Well, he's then, still then hanging in, baby. Yeah, he's still hanging in there because you never know if one of these guys, something were to happen, then. Um, then there we go. But we know James White will be the pass catching back. He'll probably get his share of, uh, of carries. I mean, James White did get five targets in that game um, and only four carries. So he was targeted more times than he was given the football. But Deion Lewis led the way with 13 carries. Gillisley had eight carries. So I think that what you thought of Gillisley early in the season, maybe not the tremendous amount of hype he was getting, but you have to think of Deion Lewis in that set moving forward. And, and it's always going to be a gamble rolling with the Patriots backfield. There's inherent risk risk involved, but I think Lewis gives you the biggest non PPR floor out of those guys, and you have to roll with that moving forward. And at just thirty percent ownership, I think I picked him up last week after after Gillisley fumbled, and then Lewis started to get more carries. But then he's been taking advantage of his opportunities so far, and I don't see why he wouldn't continue to do so. And Gillisley, is he? Are, are you done with him in a twelve teamer? In a twelve teamer. Yeah, especially if it's PPR because he's just so touchdown dependent. And if he's not getting those goal line carries, if Belichick all of a sudden decides he doesn't trust him anymore, I don't know if that's the case just yet, but I, I would probably be done with him on a 12-teamer. And and on top of that, I mean, the Patriots, not easy upcoming. They you know they have the Chargers at home, then a bye week, then at Denver, and then at Oakland. So at least you know two of the next three weeks, you're probably not starting any of these guys. But, uh, but you know, Lewis, I like his long-term upside a lot more than Gillespie at this point. All right. Um, next thing I want to talk about is Latavius Murray. 41% ownership, double-digit snaps in each of the last three weeks since Dalvin Cook's injury. Um, getting the Browns this week. Uh, and, yes. and this is the type of week that I can't say I would pick up Latavius Murray with the idea that I was going to start him a lot down the road, but this would be one of those weeks. Yes, I am continue to roster him. And now remember when uh, – 
when Delvin Cook went down, I was very much in favor of Murray over McKinnon. And yeah. I looked like an idiot for two weeks. And then I look a little bit better this week. <laughs> so, but at the, unfortunately, at this point, a lot of people had dropped Murray. But I think, uh, you know, he's 41% owned, and I think he's probably the top back. Now, looking at all these backs and all these receivers, and even when we get to tight ends, we already talked about quarterbacks. I don't see a whole lot of guys that you spend more than 6 to $8 in fab money on. I don't really see anybody that you use your top waiver wire claim on because – you know, a lot of mediocrity unless desperation drives you to do something like this. But um, if you did have to rank the backs this week and Murray's eligible, because I guess he's only 41 percent owned, I would probably put him at number one because of the matchup. Um, I think you're probably right. Um, you, now you put him over Deion Lewis. That's really that's that, that's a tough one. And, you know, if, if we're looking from week eight through the rest of the season, through the playoffs, I think maybe Lewis would get the edge. But it, it is very, very close because I think Murray will, you know, McKinnon will have his games and Murray will have his games. And I think a game in which the Vikings are going to be heavily favored and the Browns are going to struggle to score points. I think that leans towards one of the Latavius Murray games. So we'll see more like this past week than the two weeks before that. All right. Any interest in the the shared and non-productive Seahawks backfield? Not a whole lot. I mean, yeah. I, I I've pretty much expired on, on interest in Eddie Lacy, even if he does get opportunities. So I guess my I would lean towards Thomas Rawls, but I don't feel great about it. Right. I, th- I think I agree with you. Um, if you if you are speculating on the Ezekiel Elliott suspension, whenever it may be, it probably it, he looks like he's going to play in week eight. Um, do you did Rod Smith's performance on Sunday, eight carries? He had one big run there. Did that make you go, hmm, maybe it's not Alfred Morris or Darren McFadden? Yeah, I mean, it definitely opened a couple eyes. He, he got 13 snaps. So of course, more special team snaps than he did offensive snaps. So it's interesting. And in the league where I have Zeke, I might actually make a bid because owners have been pretty uh, adamant about hanging on to Alfred Morris and Darren McFadden and not allowing me to get that. So I think he'll be worth a bid in that type of league um, where, where I do have him. But if I, I'm not looking to protect him, I'm not really looking to roll the dice on Rod Smith because, again, it's it's someone that you can't necessarily start this week. And there's no definite end date to this uh to, to this whole debacle with the suspension. So I'm, I'm a little hesitant, but you know, in a, in a deep league, I think you could probably throw a bit out there. Okay. Um, the last one I want to talk about is, um, Marlon Mack. He, they were losing by a lot. They got blown. The Colts got blown out by the Jags. Mack outsnapped Frank Gore. Um, he was, let's see, he wound up with, I mean, only five carries for 26 yards, um, four catches for 40 on six targets. I, I, basically, a, a pickup of Marlon Mack is is looking at it and saying, at some point, with the Colts being so bad, do they just have to let this guy play? Yeah, and you know, what what more do they have to gain from rolling the veteran and Frank Gore out there? And again, it was kind of a blowout, but Gore, 22 snaps. Mack, 33 snaps, so you can't ignore that. Josh Ferguson even snuck in there for 13 snaps. So, um, But yeah, Mack is someone who I really like long-term. It's tough to really get into him the rest of this year because we don't know when Luck's going to be back, if this is a lost season or not. But in in the league that I traded for Ezekiel Elliott in a three-team trade uh, to an owner that was kind of officially giving up on the year and giving away a $49 Ezekiel Elliott, the key piece he got back was a $1 Marlon Mack because he really does – you know, with in addition some other money uh, for next year and whatnot, but uh, the key piece was the one dollar Marlon Max. So the long term outlook is there, 
and uh, I'm trying to get hold of him anywhere I can in keeper leagues. But uh, for the rest of this year, it's a little bit it's a little bit shaky. But I think he could he could work his way into the top five as far as pickups. Yeah, I, I think you might be right. Um, all right, so first, second, third to recap. Uh, Mur- Let's do Murray Lewis uh, Washington because of this week. Okay. Washington. Got it. Okay. Um, everybody buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there's a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every game all season long. Whether you're planning a day out with friends, searching for a last-minute deal, or buying a gift for a loved one, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. Nothing beats being there in person for the biggest plays of the year, and SeatGeek will help you get closer to the action for a great value. I've got the SeatGeek app on my phone, and I keep telling you, it's the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. Anywhere you are, just a few taps, you can instantly find seats. Um, I'm actually looking at the schedule this week. I would think, I mean, depending on where you are, if you want to, if you want to go on a road trip for the weekend, Chargers-Pats is a good one. I mean, Cowboys-Redskins is always fun, mm-hmm. but Chargers-Pats looks like a good one to go to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, of course, uh, up in Lambeau Field, tickets just got a little bit easier to get yeah. without Aaron Rodgers out there. And uh, it, it was just kind of a, a little bit of a depressed mood when I was there on Sunday. So, But uh, it, it's a chance to visit historic Lambeau Field and, who knows, get $20 off your purchase. Why not? Or you can go see the Carson Wentz show in Philly, the MV, the, mm-hmm. the March to the, MV, the NFL MVP award by Carson Wentz. You can go see that. Since yeah, interact with those Philly fans. I'm sure that'll be interesting. Always fun down there. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. SeatGeek saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites to compare prices and find amazing deals and to get you to, to get you the most bang for your buck. SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And it doesn't end with sports. SeatGeek also has plenty of concert, comedy, and theater tickets available, too. Best of all, new users get $20 off their first purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter promo code ROTONFL today. That's promo code ROTONFL for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. See it live with SeatGeek. Right seat, right now, right from your phone. Thanks a lot, SeatGeek. Wide receivers, drop candidates. Ooh, Martavis Bryant. Look, look, yeah. Martavis Bryant right now, he, he apparently, he, he called in sick on Monday. He said later when people talked to him and said, basically, if they're not going to use me more, he said, I want out. Right? So mm-hmm. now people are looking at this and going, oh boy, if the Steelers trade him to a team that needs a wide receiver, this is great. Come on. Not for this year, right? That's silly. Yeah, you, you'd imagine that it would be kind of tough for him to suddenly catch on somebody that, you know, maybe isn't 100 percent in it if he's not being involved that much. So you think it'd be tough. But, oh man, I, I can think of a couple scenarios. What if you went somewhere like the Bills or or um, obviously I don't think the Bears would be very all that successful because they're not really throwing the ball at all, period. Um, but yeah. I'm holding on to him in my 12 team or I'm going to give it another week or two just because I can't help it. And maybe I'm not maybe I'm not eager enough to cut bait when I really should be. But I, I still believe in the physical talent that's there. And, and maybe we can start to see that here sooner or later. All right. Is Terrell Pryor in this conversation yet? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he has been. And, and I think he continues to be the fact that he was on the bench for most of the first half uh, of that game. I would not be surprised. I guess I'll say it right now, but I would not be surprised in the least bit if Josh Doxson was more productive than Terrell Pryor for the rest of the fantasy season. And it's funny, you know, Kevin Payne writes the waiver wire column for Rotowire, and two of the first three comments on it have to do with dropping Pryor for Doxson in some capacity. And and I can actually get behind that. Ugh, can you believe that's what was he a third round pick for people? Yep, it's terrible. 
It's terrible. Uh, what a disaster. Yeah. All right. I mean, this is also coming from the guy who said you should maybe bench Amari Cooper this past week. So uh, <laughs> take that with a great, take that with a grain of salt. Lots because, of people uh, bench Amari Cooper, yeah. though. You had yeah, to. Exactly. He was only uh, out of all the leagues that I'm in. I only I looked around just to see if anybody started in one, like one for five, like main leagues. Right. And so he wasn't he, he wasn't around. But Trail Pryor, you know, his physical talent isn't quite what Amari Cooper's is. Um, you know, he benefited from being on a completely wide receiver depleted team in Cleveland last year. So that certainly helped the stats. And and, you know, him and Cousins maybe just aren't clicking. And there are other guys in that receiving core that uh, are ready to break out. And I think Josh Doxson might be one of them. He's one of my favorite long term targets. He's almost creeping up past Corey Davis as far as guys that I really, really like to hold on to long term this year. Right. And Josh Doxson, five targets last night. Mm hmm. So so gradually working his way up and he's going to get red zone looks. Trust me, especially now you mentioned Jordan Reed. It being a matter of time before some sort of injury affects him again. And he had 10 targets. If if he wasn't a factor in that game, I bet you Josh Doxson would have gotten some of those red zone looks and a few more targets as well. I bet you're right. Um, Randall Cobb is firmly in the drop conversation at this point. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's fair to say here with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. There are there's always room for three fantasy productive wide receivers with Brett Hundley at the helm. There is room for two and I don't see a whole lot more. OK. Um, and the other one uh, that you mentioned, you sent a note to me yeah, with uh, with Drew Stanton now quarterbacking the Cardinals. If you were holding out hope for Jerron Brown or John Brown or J.J. Nelson or someone else behind Fitz, not mm-hmm. good. Just yeah. forget about it. Even Fitz is going to have some ru- some rough sledding mm-hmm. ahead. Exactly. I mean, we've seen enough of a sample sample size from Stanton to know what he brings to the table. And we know that this Palmer injury is, is pretty much season ending here. So these guys got to deal with Stanton the rest of the year. And and I don't I just don't see a whole lot of production coming from that position group. All right. Let's talk about the pickups. Uh, Kenny Stills got caught two touchdowns from Matt Moore in that game on Sunday. He is 23 percent owned on Yahoo. Yeah, I think he needs to be the top look. He's a little bit contingent on Devontae Parker. I think the ceiling lowers a little bit when Parker comes back, but it's too early to tell. We don't know about the injury reports yet, so um, keep an eye on that. But for now, I mean, if Stills is out there, he's he's possibly startable once again. Short week against Baltimore, he'll have a tougher defense, of course, but um, definitely on the free agent radar. All right. Are you, uh, are, are, are you on the Ted Ginn train? Really? I'm off it. I'm not entirely on the Ted Ginn train, and he he did muff, muff a punt in that end zone. But I, you know, maybe I'm a little biased having gone to that game. But uh, it looks like Ginn's ahead of Willie Sneed and Brandon Coleman on the depth chart. Now I know Brandon Coleman caught the one touchdown, uh, but Sneed was again inactive. He's been dealing with that hamstring. He's only had Sneed has only played in one game this season, and he only amassed 21 offensive snaps in that game. So I think, you know, now that we're seven, about to be eight weeks in, I think Ginn might be ahead of Snead on the depth chart and, you know, take with that what you will, but you know, what you think about the saints offense and what Drew Brees still has in him. But, uh, again, is someone that, uh, you definitely want to consider throwing out there, especially in bye weeks where it's tough. Again, you know, the same league where I, where I started Mariota over Wentz, I, of course I started Taylor Gabriel over Ted Ginn and, and regretted that. Ouch. So that, j- j- just a rough one, but, uh, you know, thinking that Patriots secondary was going to let Taylor Gabriel run wild, but, Moving on to the next guy here, I mean, Mohamed Sanu becomes back into consideration, especially with Julio Jones drawing all the double teams that that opposing defenses can possibly afford. Mohamed Sanu's 38% owned, and I think he's firmly back in consideration here. Yeah, I, I, for, probably more for PPR, but that's fine. I mean, you know, in the four full games Sanu has played, 
he's caught 21 passes. So you're good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I agree with you. Plus, as I keep saying, he's a Rutgers guy, so you're not going to hear me object. Um, <laughs> Cooper Cup is back. I'm still not buying, but he had a nice day <laughs> on Sunday. Yeah, he did have a nice day, and Goff seems to like to look to him in the red zone. It's a little bit inexplicable that he's getting a lot more looks than someone like Sammy Watkins, but um, you know, go from drop list one week to you know now that there are six teams on by, maybe you have to consider it. So, all right, red zone targets. I'm looking here at Cup four mm-hmm. for fifty one, and when he had ten targets, he didn't have any red zone targets this week. But I don't know. I'm not buying the F. After his, his inconsistent usage, coming out of the preseason, I was totally on board. But this week has not sold me yet. Mm-hmm. I yeah, still have had, And he hasn't had a red zone target for the last two weeks, yeah. like you said, inside the 20. He had three against Seattle. Didn't cash in on that, you know, in the game that he had the most red zone targets. But so, yeah, it is, it is tough to buy back in. But, you know, again, there are 14 team leagues where six teams are on by and start three receivers. So it's going to get tight this week. All right. Um, Chiefs, you mentioned, and you're this is a guy I wasn't even thinking of, but he had a really solid game and was on the field a lot on Thursday. Demarcus Robertson for the, Robinson from the Chiefs. Yeah, this is one where I was sniffing through box scores and I thought, whoa. And then I looked at the Chiefs and I was reminded Chris Conley, their you know their wide receiver too, essentially behind Tyree Kill. Um, he's probably going to miss the rest of the season with an Achilles injury, and he leaves. And then I looked at the snap count on the Rotowire Team Trends page. And he leaves a ton of snaps behind. He was like the second leading um, receiver, of course, behind Tyree Kill in snaps. And, th- and that's a big gap to fill. And uh, Demarcus Robinson, I didn't know a ton about him. But definitely uh, given the opportunity here, I think it's fair enough to throw out maybe a $1 bid on him just to see what happens here. This is only his second year in the league. He did not catch a pass uh, with the Chiefs last season. Uh, you know, doesn't have super elite speed or vertical jump or anything he's 6'1 203 there's nothing there's no one specific skill that crazy stands out about him this is more a matter of opportunity throw a buck on him see where it goes all right next up uh zay jones under the someone has to catch the ball in buffalo even with jordan matthews back because he didn't get a ton of looks either against the raiders i guess all these guys see their stock go up just a little bit yeah, I mean, Zay Jones had nine targets. He's only owning 11%. It'd be a real kind of a dart, if you will, but uh, or a roll of the dice because he only caught two passes on those nine targets. But I always follow the targets, and, and that's one of those things that sticks out to me in a box score that at least they're looking his way. All right. Um, the other guy you mentioned, D.D. Westbrook, coming back for the Jags after the bye. You're in there. He did, he did look frisky in the preseason, didn't he? Yes, this is a very, very long shot that, uh, you know, I was looking through, you know, the latest Rotowire news, just skimming stuff to see if I could maybe pick up a player or two for this show based on somebody else's injury. But, you know, when I was sorting by those injury updates and looking through, I saw, oh, D.D. Westbrook actually has a chance to come back uh, from IR. I mean, he was a pretty high draft pick, uh, obviously a big impact player for uh, Oklahoma. And, you know, like you said, very frisky in the preseason. And and this is, you know. I don't like him as much of a long-term target as I would for guys like Corey Davis or Josh Doxson. If they're available, I look to type those types of players first. But uh, in my keeper league where he's probably forgotten about, I'm thinking I'm going to make a small bid on him to see if I can roster him. Uh, I did. I, I brought back uh, Mike Williams from the Chargers, but uh, he hasn't been getting a lot of use lately. Yeah. So I might, I might throw him out and take Westbrook as a better $1 next year type option. Uh, thinking about something along those lines, uh, you know, looking ahead, nobody that's going to win you, uh, you know, week eight, of course, because they're on a buy. Nobody that's going to win you week nine or ten. But 
you never really know. Alan Hearns and uh, Marquise Lee have been have been okay, but not exceptional. So there's I think there's room for a big playmaker. All right, the, the last one I want to talk about uh, would be after the buy. Robert Woods from the Rams. You know, hell has frozen over. We're arguing about which free agent Rams receiver to pick up. Mm-hmm. Um, Robert Woods has been getting a lot of looks lately. He is. Hang on, I've got to pull up his stats. Um, target wise, last last five games, seven six eight seven seven. Um, he was. He's actually led the receiving group in targets in four of the last five games, mm-hmm. you know, looking at Watkins and Cooper cup, all three of those guys were heavily involved against the Cardinals. But, uh, but you make a very valid point there that woods in my mind, without looking any information up, I would guess he's number three on the depth chart, but in reality, you know, he leads the team in snaps on the year. So does right. that make you number one? And, and you know, it was funny. I, I recommended him to a couple of people this weekend just because you looked at it. And you said, all right, Peterson's probably going to shadow Watkins. So other side's weak. There you go. That maybe Woods is okay. And, you know, like you said, Cup did well. But, yeah, this is – I mean, next game is, again, at the Giants, which is not easy because their corners are solid. Um, actually, the next three, they've got Houston Giants at Giants, then home for Houston, then at Minnesota. And we've talked about the Jared Goff gauntlet that he's about to go through and yeah. we had considered picking him up in past shows. And, you know, does the same thing apply to Woods? Yeah. Have maybe less than it does to the quarterback. But It applies to Watkins, I'll tell you that. It will apply to Watkins because, you know, there's these three groups and, and Watkins, whether he's wide receiver two or three in this group, he's still going to get the best cornerback because he is the best physical talent. All right. So for this week, let's see. Going back here. Number one, two for this week. One, two. Man, number one's going to be Stills and number two is going to be Sanu. Is Stills still, if you hear later today that Devontae Parker's probably going to play, is Stills still number one? Yes, but not by as much of a margin. Okay. Good to know. All right. Um, tight ends. All right. So oh, we've been talking for weeks about how O.J. Howard's not going to help you fantasy-wise because he has to block too much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Sunday, so I, much I was that. out Sunday, um, you know, doing a lot of things, and I wasn't watching a lot of live stuff, and I watched some later. And I saw the, the O.J. Howard stats pop up. And I was going, what in the what happened? What is this? Mm-hmm. What's going on? I mean, Kevin yeah, Ray caught a touchdown, too. He won some people millions of dollars in this weekend in daily if you had that sort of whim to go with O.J. Howard. So, man, he outproduced Brait. And I don't know if he's going to outproduce Brait the rest of the season here. But at least at this point, he's in consideration because we know that he can do this. He's capable of doing this. He is capable. I mean, he, we, we know he's a he's a talented receiver. And, you know, we knew that coming out. The problem was, you know, he, I mean, Brait's there and Deshaun Jackson's there and Mike Evans is there and, you know. OJ, OJ, sorry, but you're such a good blocker that we're, we need you to do that. So, I mean, are you are you are you are you buying though? Are you looking and going? I think this obviously it can happen again, but mm-hmm. on a two tight end team where the other guy is more likely to run pass routes, uh, I mean, how how much can you uh, how much can you invest in this? I I don't think you can invest much. Yeah, yeah. Again, this is you know, like I mentioned earlier in the show. This is one of those weeks where. I don't spend too much more than five, six, maybe eight dollars tops on any one waiver wire option. And, and OJ Howard is certainly within uh, that criteria. If someone else in your league wants to throw a fifteen dollar bid on him, I think you can let them. Um, but he's been steadily increasing his volume in the offense here. Six targets this past week was a season high. A couple decent matchups ahead. Panthers, uh, Saints and Jets. 
Um, and then, you know, he has to go to Atlanta, goes to Green Bay down the road. So there are a couple vulnerable secondaries in there, but I think Cameron Braid probably benefits more than OJ Howard does. Now, you know, maybe we could see a change into the guard. It's entirely possible. And it's also really tough on this team because Mike Evans, uh, in, in 2016, he was the highest targeted receiver in the league. His targets aren't going anywhere either. So, and you know, Deshaun Jackson will probably get a couple of deep looks per game. So the, the ceiling is a little bit limited. This is as good as it gets for Howard, I, I think. Um, and I don't really bank on him repeating this performance too many more times. All right. Um, are you off the – I'm still on the George Kittle train. Yeah. I'm staying. I have him in a 16-team league, and I think I'm going to cut him for someone like Tyler Croft. Okay. Um, yeah, for Tyler Croft, I think I'm – I think I'm, I don't know. Tyler Croft, 16% owned in Yahoo. Kittle's 22 Croft last three games, seven, five, and four targets. Um, six. And he's only 16% owned because he's coming off a bye. People forgot about him, forgot about the fact that Eifert's out for the season. So he is the guy. He is the guy. Um, and, and you know, Dalton likes likes his tight end in the red zone. Has shown. I mean, he showed it with Eifert anyway. Maybe he liked Eifert in the red zone. But, hey, Tyler Croft's got three touchdowns in his last three games, so he likes him there too. Um, and, and, if, and they are playing the Colts. Mm-hmm. So who are, yeah, you know, they're right, right there with the Browns in terms of, you know, fantasy points to opposing tight ends. Um, speaking of the Browns, believe it or not, I used to be the, when I very, very first started out here, I was one of the first small tasks that I was doing was the Browns beat writer where I would, you know, comb through all the local papers and, and check for news there. And, and every once in a while, trust me, I'll watch the Browns. So you guys don't have to. And one, <laughs> and, and one interesting thing uh, from that game that I saw that Cody Kessler's only well, the only time he actually moved the ball in large chunks were completions to David Njoku, and you know he's right there with um, O.J. Howard in terms of a rookie that probably had to block a lot. You know Seth Devell was getting more catches than Njoku, but if you're in one of those two tight end leagues, I know uh, I, uh, you, you do a show at DVR. He's in this uh, the Stopa Law Firm League is a two tight end league. Um, you know, and you're desperate, and six teams are on by. You know, maybe David Njoku could be worth a look. It's it's really a desperation move, but uh, you know, he was one of the only people that was able to execute effective offense under Kessler. All right, uh, last one I want to talk about: Jack Doyle still under fifty percent. And I know <laughs> it's funny. I think I don't know if it was DVR and I or, or Tim and I talked about Doyle, and they, we said, you know, well for PPR, sure. And I kind of thought, well, tight ends, all, you can say that about almost all tight ends. There's not that much of it. It's not like there are Deshaun Jacksons at tight end. Mm-hmm. That that vary between, so much between PBR and standard. Jack Doyle, forty four percent owned on Yahoo, thirteen catches on eighteen targets over the last two games. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, well, I don't know where you're going to find freely available volume like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, type of all. I mean, T. Y. Hilton's getting bottled up by some really excellent corners. Dante Moncrief, even without Andrew, Andrew Luck, I thought he'd have a little bit better season this year. Um, these guys are underperforming a bit, but Doyle six six two sixty. I mean, he's a big target for Jacoby, and and I think he can continue to do this given this type of volume. I mean, the volume here has been exceptional. He's right up there on the team. All right, um, your defenses. Uh, the Jags are off, everybody. So sorry. Um, mm-hmm. There's no other really good. I mean, the Rams are kind of in have been in and out this year. On defense, the other ones here and the Giants haven't been so good. Um, but yeah, Jacksonville's the big one. But if you if you're looking to stream a defense this week, who are you going after? I was looking at this, and there are two that it comes down to for me. Uh, the first one that I have ranked ahead as a top option by just a little bit is Detroit because they're 33 percent owned. 
even coming off the bye, they're the third highest scoring fantasy defense, and they host the Steelers. And the Steelers played a good game against the Bengals, but we all know how Big Ben can look on the road sometimes, and does he have it, does he not have it? I think Detroit, you know, coming fresh off of a bye um, and, and being the home team is in a perfect storm here to have a good day for fantasy defenses. And I also do like the Bengals at 23%. They host the Colts. They're a little bit more widely available uh, than Detroit. And uh, Indianapolis has has played some close games, but they did not look good against the Jags. And our, the offense is not scoring a lot of points. So I think uh, the Bengals, if you really need a flyer, uh, you can go with them. But I really like Detroit more than even some highly owned options. I, I think more people, you are gonna, your, your recommendation here is going to be unusual. I think everybody's going to tell people to get the Bengals. So mm-hmm. it doesn't make, doesn't yeah. make them right. Uh, yeah. I, when I was, you know, I look through a lot of other people's waiver wire stuff too, just to make sure I'm not missing anybody when we do this show. And it kept coming up the Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals, the Bengals. I'm thinking, why, 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 why? But Detroit is kind of an out of the box, under the radar option that might help you win the week. Okay. Um, the other one, um, the Eagles, by the way, only 58% owned Jake pointed out to me. So uh, look, that, that's yeah. that doesn't mean you can get them, but it means you might want to check just to see if they're there because they're playing at home against the Niners and a rookie quarterback. The other one I want to talk to you about is the Saints. Saints are forty four percent owned versus Mitchell Trubisky. Now, two things: I understand that Mitchell Trubisky is not throwing the ball much, but but that presumes that the Bears are going to hang in the game, and they've mm-hmm. been a different team on the road than at home. At, at home, they've been very solid and and annoying is the word I've been using since the beginning of the season. On the road, not so great. He's If they fall behind to the Saints, and the Saints' defense this year has been better than anyone thought. They are, they are at the very least, competent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so they're possibly worth a look. I'm actually surprised they're 44% on, given the general perception yes. of uh, the Saints' defense. But, I mean, I do see where you're coming from with a rookie quarterback. I think Krabitsky is one of the better rookie quarterbacks that, that's going to start this weekend, if that means anything. So... I actually I still would lean towards the Detroit Lions this week. Uh, you know, I got a good gut feeling about those guys for whatever reason it is. You know, the extra prep time, the friendly home field and Big Ben on the road. I, I think that that's the perfect storm for me. All righty. And they won't have Martavis Bryant. Not that they're using him anymore anyway. But <laughs> well, we don't know if they'll have Martavis Bryant. We pretty much no, they might they have Martavis Bryant. But who, <laughs> you haven't noticed that they've had him when he, when they've had him. So what does it really matter? The odds of Martavis Bryant playing this weekend after what's happened the last two days are pretty slim. I would say that. All right. Um, Everybody, listeners to our podcast and get a free 10-day Rotowire trial, rotowire.com slash pod. No credit card needed. That lets you check out nearly all the features on the site. Try it out now, rotowire.com slash pod. Jake, you've got your Facebook Live Q&A, 530 Eastern today. What else are you working on? Man, I'm in the middle of college basketball slow drafts. Believe it or not, people play season-long fantasy college basketball and uh, again, you know, kind of kind of how I said, uh, I, I watched the Browns for you, so you don't have to. If you are a college basketball guy or thinking about joining a league, uh, you know, I've been working real hard these last couple of weeks with some of our writers here to get some good content for you on the website. And, you know, we had Markel Fultz as the number one college fantasy player last year. And uh, you have to come over to the website. Check it out. Rotowire.com slash free. See who we're high on this year. Related basketball note, not college anymore. Did I hear that Ben Simmons had a triple double last night? I know that he had a really good game, but I I spent most of the night watching Monday Night Football. I didn't actually catch the highlight of that. And he, I know he was he was awesome for LSU on a team that didn't do a whole lot. Um, but but good for him and, and trusting the process. It's good to see him uh, move on. Back when daily college was a thing, he made me a little bit of money. Ben Simmons triple double. He did get a triple double. All right. So uh, funny story for me. The uh, I go to a Catholic church. 
and our new pastor. We have the, by the way, I mean, we were in the largest Catholic in Charlotte, North Carolina, believe it or not. I'm in the largest Catholic parish in the United States. Um, 28,000 people, huge. And mm-hmm. wow. our new pastor, who's got a big job, started about two months ago, and we we're there for his first mass. And he's a, he's a Philly guy. And okay. he comes in and he does his homily about, you know, people talking about why they should believe and all that. And he got into this whole thing about trusting the process. And he was comparing it to Sam Hinkie. <laughs> and I, I was floored listening to this. I'm like, where? How do you not, how do you not laugh? I, <laughs> I almost did. I, I, I told him on the way out. I said, great job. But I couldn't believe what I was hearing. I'm like, if Sam Hinkie only knew. <laughs> what this priest was talking about is it sounds like a pretty big congregation too wow it, it was and he's talking about it and i'm sitting there nodding my head my wife's like what are you talking about i'm like oh i gotta tell you later <laughs> this well, is great yeah, yeah. Oh, we'll explain this afterwards <laughs> so trusting the process yeah god sam hickey had even got into my my local catholic church okay um everybody keep up with the reviews of the ratings on the podcast we really appreciate it like i said keep them coming Thanks for listening to this edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. Our next episode is going to be coming on Thursday. Tim Heaney and I will preview all of the games for the weekend. For Jake Latarski, I'm John Halpin. Good luck on your waiver wire, and see you next time.